Happy Friday, Fresco Babies. Here we are yet again. Another episode of the fantastical Interdimensional Bedroom, live from the Interdimensional Bedroom. This is I am Fresco Savage. I am your host of Fresco Savage, live from the Interdimensional Bedroom. I am the co-host with my good, good galactic buddy, Wannabe. And... This was a good episode. I, you know, I say that every week, but I truly believe I wouldn't say it if I didn't believe it. And you can count on me. One of these weeks, I'm going to say this is a bad episode, and I'm just going to stop you at the top, and I'm just going to tell you to turn around and look away. But that's not this week. Uh, initially, wannabe texted me said he was feeling down. I felt the same way, and we actually were going to push back recording, and we just decided to get in there and talk some stuff out. We talked a lot about self-esteem, self-value. Uh, I recount a story about being in the bread aisle, that now that I listen back when editing does seem a bit weird, but I believe my mom is a genuinely very beautiful and kind person. And there is a message in there somewhere, even though my recounting is not as um, is not as accurate as I would hope it would be. But I hope you have a great weekend. It's currently snowing. Uh, it is a bit of a blizzard outside. I love to see it. No work today, just making soup. Might watch American Beauty. So, uh, if it's your first time listening, if it's your fifth time, sixth time, seventh time, I appreciate you so much being here. Uh, this is one of the best things I do, and uh, if you're a fan of the music and you're here because of that, we do. Uh, I do have new t- tunes coming, so just we're pulling back the slingshot right now. I've been gone for a bit from Instagram, just getting all my ducks in a row, uh, my galactic ducks. So, again, I hope you have a great week, and I hope you had a great week. You deserve greatness. Uh, I'm almost out of time, but, uh, absolutely enjoy the episode and I'll tell you what, think about your favorite animal. And at the end of the episode, there's a song by coin called let it all out that I, I really recommend you listen to. I did cry in the car to it yesterday. So again, I'm running out of time. Have a great, great rest of your week, rest of your work day. Have a great weekend. I love you so much. Enjoy this week's episode of Fresco Savage, live from the Interdimensional Bedroom. Yeah, I wear. No, I wear suspenders. I mean, all the suspenders. Time. God, you look sharp, man. Thank you. I have not showered, and I feel like trash. <laughs> I I really like the suspenders look. Uh, you're one of, like, with the Hawaiian shirt. You think it's a good? I kind of was going for like because uh, I went to the store like this. I was kind of going for a uh, like not nutty professor like weight wise because I'm a bigger guy, but like kind of like a. Uh, like eccentric professor. Yeah, Nutty Professor. I've not seen that movie. There were two of them, I believe. I've not seen that movie in a long, yeah. long time. Yeah, he yeah. did have some pretty wild outfits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I only watched the first one halfway through. My parents then saw what I was watching and told me I couldn't yep, watch it. Yep, yep. That was around that. Yeah, we were pretty. That must have been a, like a '90s movie. Yeah, it was Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Who? Yeah. Uh, 
who maybe the movie wasn't that bad, but I was too young to know that. Like, so Eddie Murphy was super, super crass and raw yep. in like the eighties for stand-up comedy. Yep, yep. And then he kind of pivoted to like family friendly, like movie star. But like, I don't think my parents latched onto mm-hmm. that. You know, like they kind of just, because he was pretty salacious. Okay. I did not know that. I, the only Eddie Murphy I ever caught was like Haunted Mansion. I was yeah, that's right. that's at the end of his yep, yep, but he's family. in full on, like I mean, we're talking. I mean, Nutty Professor was before like Doctor Doolittle. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that one, and uh, like Daddy Daycare. That's that's Daddy even Daycare. After oh, that was a good movie. Yeah, man. I think a lot of I don't know if Eddie Murphy's got kids, but I think so many celebrities do that. Like towards the end of their career, think, they try to pull. A, why not? What? Why not make a little? Uh, hard key yeah 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 yeah. that's true i hard to make money making dick jokes when you're like yeah true that i would have you ever listened to eddie murphy's old actual stand-up i've seen clips i've seen clips just as a a generic stand-up fan i have seen clips and it's pretty raunchy yeah just it's 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 stand-up comedy yeah you know it is it 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 talks about the real yeah okay Cool. Yeah, I I have to look into that. I often forget about. How, it's easy to forget about some of those people who were they started in stand up comedy. Like, what's the guy that? Uh, who's the dad in Cheaper by the Dozen? Martin Lawrence. Steve Martin, one of the most prolific. Not Martin Lawrence, very different. Steve guy. Martin. Steve Martin, one of the most prolific stand up comedians of the art yes, form. Yes, and me only seeing him in. Cheaper Brother Dozen and a few other movies, you know, you kind of yeah, probably bringing down the house yeah. where he co-starred with Queen Latifah. Yeah, you totally forget about that that stand-up background. Who is Martin Lawrence? Martin Lawrence is another African American comedian who has played a lot of support roles. Martin Lawrence, gotcha. Like yep. he's in yep. he's in like Bad Boys with Will yes. Smith. Yes, that's there. We go. Um, Thank you. I think he also did a medieval movie um, where he was a knight, but he was playing like a token uh, character. Yeah, kind of like he went back in time. And I think it was like King of the Court or something. It was called, it was a, the title was a pun. I can't think uh, of it. There's someone probably like yelling at their iPhones right now, being like, ah, oh, it's this. Yeah. Uh, but I can't remember what it is exactly. But I, I know that it's pun based. Yes, Martin. I know very much that it's pun gotcha. based. I gotta wait. I gotta. Look. I just. I, I have the. Pun. Yes, do it for the frustrated listeners Evil. that we have. Martin Lawrence. I'm not the only one to have asked this. I'm not the only <laughs> one. Oh, it's called Black Knight. Black- it's not even a pun. <laughs> it's okay. not even a pun. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> just called Black Knight. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that's so funny. They did not get creative at all. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, dude, did you? Who was one of the earliest stand-up comedians you ended up list, or you were exposed to? As a- I got into stand-up because of the blue-collar comedy. Too. Blue-collar I'm not ashamed comedy. To say oh boy, I'm not ashamed to say it, dude. I remember the first joke that ever hit me so right. It was a Jeff Foxworthy joke, and. Uh, my friend Jordan, shout out Jordan, if you're listening. Uh, we were like in sixth grade, seventh grade or something and uh, sleepover and he had the DVD, right? 
And uh, the Jeff Foxworthy bit was something about how he goes, and I do what every man does with the loaf of bread. Oh, yeah. Call back to our first episode. Yep. He goes, I just, I, I grab it. I spin it around and I tuck it up. Yeah, I- He's like, no need for a twist yeah. tie. And I just remember being like, I feel seen. Yes, yes. The audience freaks out. I've seen that that that, uh, yeah. that stand up. I don't I wasn't even a huge fan of his redneck. Like they're funny, but like that was just like a really good comedy. Hits you on a soul level where it's like something you're kind of maybe guilty. Yeah. You feel like guilty or ashamed of. And it makes you feel normal for a second. Yeah. And your soul responds to that with like, oh, shit. like <laughs> laughter. Yeah, I love that. Just like, yeah. oh, man, I'll never forget that. Because it's just like that kind of stuff really attaches you to. Yeah. It's just a, it's a communal experience. That's why Comedy Live, I think, is so Im- RIP Comedy Live. But even going down like where we live to see a show and, you know, the place, so I don't need yeah. to say it, but like, uh I will say it to promote them. The plus, come back, please, babies. Uh, I can't. I hope. I cannot wait to go to another show there. And they'd have those comedy nights where they'd have. I mean, they, these were very good comedians. They weren't like famous on. I almost said Jay Leno, but that's <laughs> that's a dated reference. Um, they're not like on the Tonight Show. You know, some of them have been on on like on late night shows, but really, it was like these are really good working comedians, mm-hmm. road comedians mm-hmm. who fly out and do weekend Thursday through Sundays. And like, you know, they may live in LA, but they'll do, you know, where we live, Minneapolis, Chicago, Iowa, and they'll just rent a car and drive and do four, four days. You know, like these are really road testing mm-hmm. comedians and just being in a room comedian comedy is like the church of real for me. You know, it's, it's, it's like what the church wants to be, but it's this church is, is suffocated in repression where a standup comedy is like, I like eating oysters naked while jerking off. And it's like, Oh, I feel that, you know, like I I'm dirty too. Yeah. Whereas religion really messes up that side. I right. Think. That's an interesting analogy. I, and laughing with all those people is so yeah, important. That's it truly is spiritual. If you want to talk about spirituality, being in a room yeah. and laughing alongside of people, I'll give you one guess to try to guess the comedian that did it for me. The, the first real comedian I was exposed to Real is maybe an overstatement, but that's not true. He was a real comedian. No, I know exactly who it is. Um, it's probably the oh god, what's his name? The ventriloquist guy. Nope. Great, great guess. Great guess. Because <laughs> I feel like he had a Comedy Central special oh. when like we were like in early like middle school, yep. early high school. That I feel like, what was his name? Uh, Jeff Dunham. Jeff Dunham. That is probably. I feel like a lot of people are a like our generation, Jeff, because he had a Comedy Central yep. special. It was like an yep. hour Comedy Central special, and they put it on all the time after like eleven p.m. <laughs> it's like still it's day. still playing late at yeah. night, <laughs> dude. Yeah, that's so true. And then he had a holiday special, and yeah. and then and everyone everyone knows like I can't. Yeah. You. Everyone knows that bit, dude. dude <laughs> I think about that all the time. Like how that dude just never would have made it nowadays. He could just never have a special. You know, he, no, I mean, he hit it. At the, that's the same with carrot top. Yeah. Yeah. The only time, sorry, my mic is it's fine. Up. It's just, it's crazy. Like he hit that right before he ever could have. He was like, and carrot top was huge too. I remember carrot top. I saw a special of his on comedy central. Um, and I absolutely loved it. And he was playing the state fairground, like the County fair, not even the state mm-hmm. fair, like the Northern Wisconsin, like, it wasn't a state fair. It was like a tri-county fair. Okay. Okay. 
you know, like the, at the fairgrounds, yeah. um, which the next weekend was like a used car expo. Um, wow. And I was like, mom and dad, please. I love Carrot Top. My dad's like, in no way, in no world will I ever take you to go see Carrot Top at the county fair. <laughs> and God bless your dad for resisting that. I think Carrot Top gets a bad rap. He's a prop comedian, and prop comedians get a bad rap. Yeah, I've never. Because have you seen Carrot Top's bits? I'm not defending him now. And if he's a dick, I, if he's done something that like, in like, I don't know if he's done something that's canceled him or whatever. So I don't, I don't keep up with Carrot Top. But like, that guy was very successful and had a long running Vegas, like residency. You don't do that unless you're you're funny. What? You know, I get that he's kind of annoying. Yeah. What is his... So you say he's a prop comedian and he... He's a prop comedian. So, like, he would make jokes, but he would build these, like, weird props that kind of, like, would explain the joke further. Like, I remember one of them, he had, like, a huge cell phone, okay. like a huge flip phone. Like, it was a fake flip phone, but it was, like, huge and plastic, and he was, like, trying to talk in it. And it was just, like, stuff like okay. that. Like, um it's comedy with visual display much like the ventriloquism type stuff but it 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 could be seen as i don't know kitschy mm -hmm. simple simple-minded maybe right 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 yeah it does seem some kind of it seems kind of like a, a cop-out a bit but i will say that jeff dunham despite being you know super i mean pretty racist and shitty i was really impressed by his, his talent as a ventriloquist and the ability to nail jokes while like arguing with the puppets sometimes they like, yeah. got really complex and like it was really impressive you didn't tell me who your first yeah do you want to take one more guess or should i tell you no tell me i've taken two guesses because carrot top was another yeah guess no i was in i was in fourth or fifth grade wait one more one more yeah. guess dane yeah. cook it was dane cook it, it was i loved dane dude, cook dude. phenomenal for middle school boys dane cook <laughs> absolutely man i mean <laughs> you i like related dane cook in eighth grade <laughs> it's really so bad. much which what does that say about it's dane it's embarrassing for him yeah. like he he had a joke i'm pretty sure like going over a girl's house and being so excited and i was like <laughs> yeah, i get yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> he had this joke about going. He was destined for failure, though. Man. I mean, he didn't fail. He's just he's just on that thing called a career. You know, he's on that he's on that ride. Yeah, and he really hit high. He was like one of the first people to sell out the uh, I think it was the the, the Metrodome in, that, in Minnesota Stadium, or the first comedian to sell it out or something like that. Oh, really? I know he sold out like Madison Square Garden. Did he really? Oh, like wow. Um, he's dude. He's a huge comedian. Yeah. I mean, he was a huge comedian. Here's his problem. Hollywood turned him into a hot boy. Yeah. And you know what you can't be while being Canadian? Yeah. You can't be. Yeah, yeah, I remember. One. You have to have flaws. I don't trust. It's the same thing as hot pastors, which I think we've talked yes. about on this podcast. Yes. I do not trust a hot pastor. Yeah, the hot. Give me a limp or give, you know, like, give me a birth defect yeah. on the pastor and I believe him or something, you know? Like, they have to be, ug they have to be a little ug. I want them to have experienced some life, you know, yeah. like I don't want to have to look up to this person who's like telling me, you know, how I should. Be. Yeah. You know, I want them to be like me. Yeah. And recently that one pastor of like the super church, that was basically just like a giant pop concert. Um, there was some like guy that Justin Bieber followed and everything super. 
Right. Oh yeah, we've talked. I think we've talked. Yeah, about yeah, he got caught cheating on his spouse, and it's like, of course, he of course. Did. But that's, I actually think that's okay. I mean, that kind of stuff actually shows me that he's human. Um, what I don't like is how the church explains those types of situations in such a way that um, the devil comes for those who, like the the people who are most tempted, right. are the ones in, in in positions like that who lead a church. And how it's almost like it almost negates that person's fault or or responsibility for the action because when they're in a position of power, the devil comes for them harder. Okay. And I, I think that's unfair. Yeah, I think so. At least that's how I grew up. Because um, really- that was when I when I I'm sorry, I cut you off one. No, I'm sorry. I uh, he I, yeah, I was going to say, I think he's probably just really hot and, you know, he's famous and people are, you know, yeah. what in the world are you talking about? Well, in my opinion, what are we here to do but play with our bodies like toys to a certain extent? We are given these... I was thinking about this a lot last night. I was watching Thor, and they were talking about the the realms of existence, you know? And if there's more to life out there than what there is here on Earth, which I I think, whether even here in the physical, they call it the mortal realm in Thor, right? Mm -hmm. And you would think it's like, what is the point of the mortal realm but a place for like a a soul's playground to learn and endure and and laugh and and love in a temporary way so that and you could do that as many times as you know whatever your soul sees fit and then move on to what's next it's almost it almost feels like school to me just like school school is to what we're doing yeah hmm i really like that idea um um, I don't mean to switch back to such a stupid topic, but did you ever hear the uh, Dane Cook stand up of the Burger King going through the Burger King drive through? I'm sure I've heard it. That was absolutely we used it in sixth grade. We had uh, actually this is how I enjoy. I learned that I was funny. Um, my cousin would burn CDs of Dane Cook's shows for me, and then I would simply recite them to a group of my friends before school. Nice, playground. and they had no idea. Well. Yeah, I think eventually I told them that I was reciting them. But either way, just doing that in the same, like, mimicking, you know, his punchlines and hitting, and I realized, like, wow, you can just, you can really make a lot of people laugh just uh, changing your voice at different times. And that's kind of when I started to become fascinated at, like, the, what you, what you call, like, like attack and release, you know, and, like, punchlines and stuff like that. And I think that's super. Yeah, my, uh, my dad used to, because I was kind of a funny kid, mm-hmm. but my dad used to try to explain humor mm. to me and like mm-hmm. how it mm-hmm. And that's a, the, uh, you have to catch them by surprise. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big part of it. And I remember the first time I felt funny, uh, it was my cousin's baby shower or like it was my aunt's baby shower. My cousin was not yet born and they received a, you know how like we were, they like give gifts and everyone, then they open them as a, like a group. That's yes. like what the, you do at the big yes. shower. And uh, they took out a dress. It was like a baby's dress. And I said, oh, that would look great for prom. And the whole room erupted. <laughs> erupted in laughter. And I was I was maybe <laughs> seven or eight. And my dad just looked, the room's laughing. And my dad just looks me in the eye and he goes, Act of surprise. <laughs> <laughs> it works every oh time. Oh my god! Like, yeah. God, that's hilarious, man. I um, yeah, it, yeah, giving those like gay gifts to yeah, like uh, I was I was thinking about a few other situations. 
I that's I've recently wanted to switch to like just funny inside joke gifts because I have no money, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it would have the same effect as it would like. I don't know. I just don't think it were. I want to give gag gifts as a joke, but I want people to know that I also care about them. But yeah, I can't. Af- I can't afford a Maserati. Yeah, that is a tough situation. I think I always do a nice blend of gag gifts and heartfelt gifts. And I think gag gifts are actually inherently heartfelt because it shows that you have some form of an inside joke. Um, And that shows love to me. But then I also always follow it up with something actually heartfelt, like at least a note that's just true, purely genuine. That's I mean, one one year I had no money. I gave everyone a letter of how much I appreciate them and everything I love about them. Yeah, and how did that go over? No one really talks <laughs> about it. <laughs> oh man. Oh well, I'm sure they. Hey man, I would have appreciated that. I even purchased really good paper from like a stationery store because yeah. I had, had I I only had like ten dollars. <laughs> but we have we've talked about this before. That when you, for whatever reason, are all of a sudden like genuinely nice, um, because most of the time you're pretty cynical, it always feels it feels off at first. Yeah, this happened last week at work. Like I, like <laughs> I, I said the thing in passing my coworker, and she was like, "What do you mean by that?" And I was like, "Oh, I just like really appreciated that." Oh my god! <laughs> but yeah. it, it's because my usual tone is like "fuck everything." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's that actually leads me into the the thick of the episode this week and i know that we kind of talked about this originally we weren't even going to record um i know we i don't know how much you want to get into this but um that nothing matters fuck everything that nihilistic attitude while on one hand can be the most freeing thought when you're looking at the world it can break you free of the chains that you put yourself in on the other side of the coin it is the chains itself because you, and this is what this is want to be. And I almost didn't record today because of this, we were both feeling very down. And like I said, for as free as nihilism can make you feel in some ways, but when you start projecting it inward, it will, lo- it'll completely lock you up because if nothing matters, then whatever you do does not matter either. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, really does bog me down and then i start thinking about how i'm kind of a piece of crap and i start feeling insecure about myself and i wanted i wanted to say this story because i had a i actually cried in the car before (laughs) i called you um because i had a thought i had a thought and crying in the car hits different by the way just let that be known um i was just thinking i was being very self-pitiful i was feeling a lot of self-pity i was feeling insecure i was having those that inner mantra of what a piece of shit you are you can't even get done the things you tell everyone that you love to do and i was just feeling awful and for some reason i think it was a survivor's mind or something some type of instinct in me is a a story played in my head of when i was a kid and i was in um my favorite aisle at the grocery store as a kid was the bread aisle because it was lined on both sides of bread. And, I, and when I was riding in the cart with my, and like looking at my mom, cause like you're right, like a little right. kid. And I just remember being like, and like smelling 
that bread you know like i just remember loving that smell of like fresh bread in the bread aisle like it just it was probably all wonder bread too it was at mega foods on hastings way and it was just like oh you know a lot of my memories of a kid are are me with my mom because like she took care of me when i was little um because my brother and i were home so she took time off work to take care of us for a couple years and so I remember I was in the bread aisle and I saw this woman who looked like the witch from um, Wizard of Oz. Oh my goodness. Like her, she looked scary. Warts, her chin was out, not green skin, thankfully. <laughs> but I remember um, telling my mom, I said, that lady's really ugly. And my mom said, don't say that. Uh, that and I said, but she's ugly and um she then like looked me in the eye and was like listen when people are different that is when you love them more mm. you don't not like them because they're ugly or that she didn't say this exactly this is what i'm now inferring mm -hmm. as a 30 year old adult but it's like she was basically saying like when you see someone as ugly that's when you try to find that's when you love them the most. That's like when you treat them with the most kindness, when you love them the most, because they probably need it. Mm. Um, and I started crying in my car when I thought of this, because I thought, why can I understand this for everything else in the world, but my insides? Mm -hmm. When I start attacking myself, like why do I start attacking myself? As if I was attacking people and being brutally honest with people mm -hmm. that are strangers. Why do I constantly attack myself with not messages of self-love? And it's taken me a long time. I've, I've like pretended to be somebody I wasn't for a very, very long time. And through that process, I've learned like, I kind of have to be a bit, not cocky, but confident in what I can do and what I'm capable of and, and be really respect the things that I, I can do. And I don't know, it just, I started crying because I realize I don't give myself any like self praise. And I don't know if anybody does, mm -hmm. you know, like as a, unfortunately, just the way that I am, if I don't perform and feel validation every once in a while on a stage, I get this, I'm like a, like a lost puppy kind mm -hmm. of, I don't know like where to set my compass. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think today is just like, one of those days where it all like all those feelings hit me at once you know? yeah dude that's uh i don't want to strong arm the conversation though. no no that's fine i just was there music playing when you started crying yeah <laughs> that's dude that, i think that's why it's different and yeah it was let it all out by coin oh <laughs> yeah i think that that's very very interesting that self-talk idea um yeah because if i told you if i told you probably how i was feeling mm -hmm. i bet even if you're feeling like crap you would retort with all with all good things right. that i do right why don't we talk to ourselves like we are friends yeah. to ourselves we should yeah there's something about positive self-talk that feels in it feels um it feels insincere yeah and like a joke yeah and just lame yeah it feels uh fake it just feels fake it's like and maybe maybe it's got something to do with like we want to be like the negative the negativity gives us a direction for change and it, I, we're designed to like always be kind of 
working or adapting to our environments and if we're dissatisfied yeah then we 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 don't set ourselves up for any kind of change but yeah it does it, it feels weird and unnatural um and maybe it's just yeah. more maybe just a muscle that we all have to learn how to work a little bit more often maybe it's easier to maybe make maybe negative self-talk is just easier than positive self-talk i don't know but um yeah i mean are there people out there who feel the instinct to be positive right. rather than negative I, that's what i was kind of just thinking because like, my instinct is very negative right, right but i'm sure that stems from just like trauma and yeah one shame one interesting thing that they are finding is that people who are i don't remember if it's uh you know, the left brain, right brain thing is debunked, but they found, I believe people have more activity naturally in the left side of their prefrontal cortex are more logically bound, like more, more, um, more logical, or they'll be, they'll, they'll succeed at logic problems or they can see logic easier. Yeah. And those people, okay. I'm definitely the opposite. Okay. Well, it, what they were saying is that those people tend to be more pessimistic in nature the people that are just more like black and white thinkers and then the people that yeah. have the right more activity in the right side of their prefrontal cortex um, are, are just naturally a little bit more optim optimistic. So see, but I would argue that I'm optimistic. Yeah. And I just hate myself. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's why it's always dangerous. <laughs> it's always dangerous to kind of like see everything through like one study like that. But I, it is, it's just an interesting thing with, do you know, I think I'm, right frontal cortex dominant Why? this is gonna sound so stupid i can feel it that's where i think. oh my god all right <laughs> we should move away from that conversation no i'm just telling you when like when i'm really thinking hard i f i feel it right now <laughs> i feel it right here <laughs> that part of your forehead heat up a little bit no it doesn't heat up but like i know that that's that's where the decisions are being made i but i i have this weird thing where i can i can feel things in that's me. dude that's really cool and you should probably see a doctor about that or like in a research type of way i can also do this thing <laughs> where um i can make pleasure happen okay. in my brain okay. watch i'm gonna do it right now i'm gonna show right. you i'm doing it <laughs> okay uh, there's like this thing i can't describe how i do it there's just like it's like some muscle somewhere is putting pressure on a certain thing but it's it feels like waves of euphoria from the top of my head all the way down to dude my i track. think i know what you mean and i remember figuring that out as a kid and i i was trying to describe it to my mom but you can't describe it it just changes like a feeling in your head i i, I think i'm yeah i'm doing it right yeah, now i think i may know what you're talking about it's, it's i don't know what it is does, though does, it's, it, does your whole body kind of feel like relaxed a bit for a second when you do it yeah it kind of feels like you're about to laugh yeah, yeah okay i know what you mean i, I think i know what <laughs> yeah. you mean anyway um but yeah man i mean this slump that we're talking about okay first of all i got a shout out to a philosopher named nietzsche who i've talked about on the podcast before is this the philosophy corner? sure why not real quick one i don't remember the book this is from i don't remember like most of the point but it's a quick summary and nietzsche brought up a good point in one of the books he said dreams required readings a philosophy class you had to take to graduate with a liberal arts degree Listen in as Wannabe takes us down the deep, deep path that never ends into our own minds. This is The Philosophy Corner. Nietzsche, um, Friedrich Nietzsche, early, nope, late 18th, 
century philosopher. In he, no, no, mm-hmm. no, late late nineteenth century. He 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 died in uh, nineteen hundred, I believe. Um, okay, but anyway, he was all about finding your true self and like finding your most authentic self and being your most authentic self. And in one of his books, he just asks like if you don't like, like, what is the point of not liking yourself? You're going to be here. You might as well like yourself. Yet it is so difficult sometimes when you stop and think about it, you're like, why would I not like myself? I really can't do anything else. You know, if you don't start from a point of liking yourself, you are fucked from the beginning. You're absolutely fucked. There's no way it's going to go well for you, you know? Yeah. I, and in some ways I agree, but in some ways it's like, there is room for betterment yes. and I don't want this is oh, I'm going to not go into that part but this is you know what I'm going to go into it this is my problem with like um, I want to really word this carefully I'll, I'm going to I'm going to take out the gaps um, as a this is my problem with the the really big I believe in like body positivity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I believe that beauty comes in all shapes, all colors, everything like that. What I do not agree with, and I'm saying this as a guy who is clinically unhealthy mm-hmm. and overweight, mm-hmm. is I don't like when people, I, fat is beautiful, but I, fat is not healthy. Mm-hmm. Mass amounts mm-hmm. of it. Um, and I know this is a touchy subject for a lot of, a lot of people. And I believe that's that change comes first from self-acceptance and understanding that yes, you are beautiful no matter how you are. But I think there should always be a little buzz of improvement. You should always be wanting to improve yourself a little bit. Otherwise it's like you should always be growing and learning in a certain sure. Way. I and you know? Nietzsche would agree with that completely and I appreciate you Oh, thank you, Nietzsche. Wording that, and the but the thing is that if you want to call, you know, not we won't. Uh, I'll gotta be careful with my words here, but if you want to, yeah, I understand. If you want to say, <laughs> I am gonna call BS on like the whole body positivity thing to a certain extent, right? Obviously, everyone needs some of it, but it's not a bad thing to say. Hey, I'm gonna lose a little weight this year. Um, that but he would say as long as you, is that if that's your authentic feeling then go with it there are certain people i agree with that and too. he would you i think he, he would use sort of a nihilistic mindset to say that no one can say that living longer is necessarily living better and so if you authentically like being unhealthily overweight then go for it just do it all the way if you want to smoke cigarettes your whole life and you know i mean i I got to agree with my guy Nietzsche yeah. on that too. It, it, it brings back that nihilism, but in a, in a positive way of saying, well, yeah, unhealthy is also a relative term because unhealthy just means ability to live longer. So if I want to die at 36 and be fucking happy dying at 36, there's no, there's no one who can tell you that that's wrong. Yeah. And that's kind of awesome. I mean, I kind of agree with you, but, because we oh my goodness gracious because we're we're obsessed with this idea of of not dying yes exactly and so we we put health on the scale of living the longest yes. now modern 
But let me tell you a story. Real quick. My grandpa lived long. Okay, you want to say continue? that modern Sorry. neuroscience would show a very strong link between inflammation in the body and depression. And, you know, obesity is oftentimes linked with a lot of inflammation. So whether or not we have the choice to have a ton of inflammation in our body and not be depressed is still up for debate. But either way. Yeah. And I do think, I think diet and what you put in your body has a lot to do with how you feel as well. Right. I mean, there's no doubt. Every, no one can tell me if you can't call me up, I'll leave my number at the end of the episode. There's no way anyone can call me and tell me after a weekend of binge drinking pizza, shitty breakfasts, a party weekend with your friends at like a cabin or something, you don't feel like absolute right. hell. On if you feel better after that weekend, please reach out to us because we know <laughs> your secret. Anyway, go yes. uh, with your story. I, cause let me tell you, I, my grandpa lived longer than all his friends. And at the end of his life, he straight up told me every day I look in the paper, another friend dies growing older. Isn't as good as they said it would be. Wow. Dude. <laughs> I, I once, I, I once wrote a song that was like, you can live forever, but you've got to kill your friends because essentially if you live forever, it's like a Schrodinger's cat kind of right. thing. If you live together, you must upset. If you want to live forever, you must accept the fact that everyone you love will right. die. And at that point, is it worth it? Because what are we more than... I, lately, I've been thinking, especially in this in midst of this pandemic where I can't see anybody I love, isn't the only thing that really matters like community? Yeah. And like, and like fellowship? Yeah. You know, like not in a Christian way, but like getting together with your friends. Yeah. Is and family is really all that we're here to do. Yeah, dude, I've been... But yeah, I my conclusion on all of it is just the only purpose in life is to find like five friends that make you laugh and then try to have a job that you kind of enjoy. That's it. That's <laughs> that's my yep. that's what I'm doing anyway. <laughs> yeah, for now that's I feel the same way. It's but it's like finding a job that allows me the freedom to create and be whoever I want yeah, to be. Right. And that is harder than that's hard, yeah. you know, like, cause you're going to struggle financially to have the freedom to do that. Like right. the system does not reward individuality people, people who don't want mass amounts of right. things and want to be themselves. Right. 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 Um, yeah, I feel better. Yeah. I feel better. You feel a little better than when you, we texted yeah, earlier. Absolutely. I want to do a quick, just a real quick, we got like five minutes. All right, a little quick run through of my. If you if you find yourself in a slump, I was because I was so I was in such a negative headspace that I I didn't think I was gonna make it through forty minutes of talking with my friend. That's, and so real quick, I did a rundown of my physiological needs. So like I was like, okay, did I have I eaten? Have I had water? I only had coffee in the morning and I and a breakfast sandwich with sausage on it, which sausage itself is not the best way to start the day because of the inflammation it might cause in your body. So first thing I did to try to fight that feeling is I took a quick nap and I drank some water. Um, I, I got up and I made some tea with turmeric in it. That is anti-inflammatory. Other anti-inflammatory foods might be garlic or cinnamon, something you can might add to your meal or something like that. Um, so got some of those physiological needs met, still wasn't feeling great. Then I always, I think that exercise is huge, even if it's small. So I forced myself, mm -hmm. I put on one of my favorite songs 
and I did um, a plank, like a, you know, like a, like a, uh, an ab plank. And I just did the plank for the, for the length of the song, which was about. I just like how like you totally, you totally could have like done to me the obvious thing, which is like dance around in your room a little bit, like very loud. And, but you're just like, you decided just to plank. plank. I just wanted to plank it out because. <laughs> just imagine being a fly on the wall and you hear like. <laughs> and you're just like. Yeah. It's just stiff as a board. <laughs> I just find that any time that any part of your body is exhausted, you can't help but take your mind to that place for at least a, a minute or two. So that's one yeah. thing. And then, you know, that's that's also applies to like that cold shower thing. I didn't want to take a cold shower today. But after the tea and after eating a bit, I started to feel a little better. And then um, let's see. I thought I had one other thing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm about halfway through this glass of tea right now and I'm feeling mostly good. I'm going to, I'm going to go for a nice walk in a bit and I think I'll be back to about a hundred percent. Yeah. We got a snowstorm coming. baby. Yeah. I heard about that. I didn't, it, it looks so nice. They close. Are they closing school tomorrow? I think, I think so. I, it sounds like cause it's going, Oh, I'll get, I'll cut no, that out. <laughs> I don't know. any. I don't know. I thought I saw something on the news about school. I'm <laughs> Oh, and pause we were yeah so big snowstorm coming tomorrow i i it's it's supposed to get like really cold here too um how many inches are we supposed to expect like seven holy shit like it's what time uh all so the i'm actually super pumped about this the warning because i work for i have off till friday and usually every snow this year has come on a work day like where i have to get up oh. and like i go to work early so like i have to like you know, just fucking make my way through the snow and it's awful. But I get a I get a Thursday with nothing to do. So start like six a.m. and go to like nine p.m. Holy crap! Yeah, for those uh, the kids who are still in school, that's like prime time snowing hours to get a snow day. Yeah, because even if it's not snowing in the morning when they go to school, if they can't get home from yeah. school, that's the thing too. Or you know what they might do? But 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 virtual day. Yeah, I'm interested to see what happens there. I've I've got some friends from school who became teachers, and they said that um, they some schools make them tune in for like the first 20 minutes, and they so they yeah because there's no excuse, there's no like real excuse for a real snow day anymore. So there might yeah. there may not be any actual snow days out there, but still it would be kind of cool. I actually saw. There was a school near us uh, that I have a friend who has children in the school mm. district. And they said um, it was like a letter from the district to the community that basically said, you know, we never want kids and future generations to miss out on the magic of a snow day. So as a district, we commit to no matter how life changes, the first day that would be a snow day of every school season uh the kids will get off and then they will they will do virtual learning from that point forward but if there is a snow day they at least get the one that surprise day dude, that is awesome isn't that awesome that. because nothing was better as a kid than thinking you have to go to school and there's going to be a lot of districts that don't do that yeah it's gonna be a lot of schools that don't do that because it's gonna be so now that there's a model for how to do school at home yeah. that's just how kids it may even come to a point where there's a hybrid where if kids are sick, right. 
the kid just flips on the teacher will just flip on the webcam yep. and you can download the PDFs. Yep. Like how, you know, how awful is that going to be? No, what are we? No breaks, no excuses. Yeah. yeah. I believe that every kid should have one snow day at least or more. Because- and that's what they said. They're like for these, for the next, you know, how, no matter what, at least once a year, if there's a snow day, like something we would have called a snow day, we're going to call it a snow day. Yeah. And we'll just work it into the schedule. It, it's a reminder that the elements are bigger than everything. It's like when yes. we first went into quarantine, it's like there are still factors about the world that can shut everything you know down, at least for a day. Yeah. You know, come on, give it to them. But yeah. I love this episode should be snow day. We don't even talk about snow day. But people will then be wrapped into it until the end and they'll be like, oh, I wonder when they're going to talk about snow days. Maybe. <laughs> You're right. I was thinking about calling it the bread aisle. Oh, I like that too. The bread aisle. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've referenced bread before. Yeah. And then I'll probably end the episode because we're not big enough to get copyright claims. I'm going to play the coin song at the tail end of the episode. Oh, that's a great, that's a, that's a, that's a good idea. That's better than snow day. I'll admit it. Yeah. And that, that being said, wannabe, we're three minutes over. I got zoom premium now. So like there is no time limit, but I like to keep there. I like to keep it at around 40 minutes. I, I think you're right, man. I, you know, I'm over here just lathered up in all these new zoom minutes that I'm not used to. I, I took advantage of it. You know, it got to the point where I'm like, I'm using uh, how many times a week am I going to tell my friends? Well, I'll call you back after the 40 minutes. We'll start a new session. It's like, I'm just going to pay the 15 bucks yeah. a month for the pa- end of the pandemic. It's very worth it. You know? Um, well, shit, man. I I hope you have a good rest of your day. I hope you're feeling better than at the beginning of this podcast. And I know I, I do feel better. And, I, and you know what? After this, I get to go get my clean laundry out. I'm going to take another shower. So I'm like all clean and then I get to put on a warm clothes start. and then uh, I'm going to play some Minecraft. I'm going to go for a nice long walk and then I'm going to play some Minecraft. Nice. I'll see you on the server. Meet you on the server. Peace out. All right. See you, buddy. When you hold someone but you leave inside You're rubbing salt deep in the cut Oh, I, I, Apocalypse, and you feel you fade at your fingertips. Oh, this is my last line defense. Oh, I, I, I. Let it all out.
just if you're listening. I, 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 I.